This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. You're tuned to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a program called Real Wealth, hosted by the team from the Stewart Group. And today it's our pleasure to have in the studio Glenn Trillo from Stewart Group. How are you going, Glenn? Very well, thanks, Ken. Before we get into today's topic, just to remind our listeners exactly what the Stewart Group are all about. Yeah, sure. So we're financial advisors based here in the Hawke's Bay. Yep. Um, so we look after people's uh, investment portfolios, Kiwi Saver, risk insurance, and really build a plan for people to ensure that um, what their goals and objectives are, um, you know, are met along the way. Yeah, and if you want to get hold of you at Stuart Group, how do we do that? Yeah, sure. So we're located at 204 Karamu Road in Hastings, mm-hmm. and it's 0800 878 961. And then the main consultation with you guys is free, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no cost to come in and see us for the initial consultation. Mm. Yeah. Wow, fabulous. Now, today we're going to talk about the recent OCR cut, what it means for savers and investment alternatives available to savers and investors. And uh, return on investment, there's not much happening out there, is there? No, there's not. Um, there wasn't much um, return on investment in your traditional bank savings mm. accounts or turn deposit pre the OCR cut. And then, of course, very recently, um, the Reserve Bank dropped it from 1.75 to 1.5. Um, I noted um, Adrian Orr, the Reserve Bank mm. Governor, was um, interviewed very recently post the announcement, and he uh, words to, to the effect when he was asked about the impact on mum and dad savings mm-hmm. um, and bank deposit rates, he sort of he he said words to the effect of, "Well, look, they're going to have to look at a alternative form of investment, not just your traditional bank deposit." What's the good and bad sides? To those figures that you just mentioned, going from 1.75 down to 1.5, what's the what's the negative connotation from those figures? First of all, well, certainly for for savers, um, look to see prob- a probable reduction in bank deposit rates, whether they be turn deposit mm. or money in a bank savings account. So, so this is the um, the opposite side of the coin, right? Because if you're a mortgage holder, yeah, then expect to see, and we've seen already, mm. expect to see mortgage interest rates fall. Um, of course, if you're on a fixed rate mortgage, you may be feeling a bit aggrieved because it could be penalty fees to break and go mm-hmm. on a lower rate, but it's still worth exploring. But for mortgage account holders, hey, great. I yep. mean, the, the interest rates are, are dropping, but if you've got money in the bank and if you're using your savings to top up your national super for retirement, it's a problem. Could that also drive the house price up? Well, that's a concern. Um, so... I'm not convinced that 25 basis points will drive up house prices, mm. um, but there's talk of perhaps another one coming up as well, another reduction. Yeah. If that happens, that's a half a percent reduction in total. Um, so the concern there is if cost of borrowing is lower, are we going to see the house prices ramp back up again? Because mm. I think we got to a point over the last few months where house prices, as a general rule mm. across New Zealand, are subdued, yep. finally. Um, but look, if cost of borrowings drop, yeah, and banks continue to lend, um, yeah, that could well happen. I remember we've been doing this program for a good couple of years, and uh, I remember you saying that uh, it was a bubble. Yep. And that bubble was going to burst, but it doesn't look likely for some time to come, does it? Hasn't burst. No. Um, it certainly ha- it's slowed down. Um, but but no, and that's supply and demand. We quite simply have more people in New Zealand than what we have housing for. Mm. And that's why you're seeing um, a housing boom. 
um, at yeah. the moment, um, and a lot of construction. Speak to any tradie or speak to anyone who's wanting to get a tradie, and um, they'll share with you how long it can take and what it will cost. It would almost be an ideal time uh, to encourage people to get into a house because, like you said, Dion, we've got so many people looking to get into not only their own homes but into rental accommodation. I know my own daughter. She's a single mother working hard, and her rent's likely to go up in the next six weeks to $400 a week. Yep. And that's a, that's a struggle for her. Mm. So you know, if she had the ability, one might suggest that that interest rate should be wise to start looking at buying her own house, wouldn't she? Well, I mean, it's, um, you know, the, this, uh, say, argument or mm. viewpoint about house prices have gone through the roof. Mm. And, and I think most people would agree that they have increased, well, census-wise, they have, by quite an incredible margin. Having said that, interest rates are so low. I mean, we've been, if I reflect back when I bought um, a house 20 years ago, I was paying 12%, mm. 11% interest maybe even higher but anyway um and so yes the house was a lot less but it's a percentage mm. of the income to service that debt sure. it's probably no more than what it is today yeah. because interest rates are so low i remember paying 20 to 23 percent that shows you how old i am I, yeah <laughs> and uh well i mean at, at that sort of uh, margin um you know people share stories with me people would come into the bank literally hand their keys over and just say i can't do it anymore mm. I'm, I'm the the truck is packed we're out, here's the keys. Yeah, um, the hands to walk away. Well, it was pretty tough, all right? Mm. Okay, so what are some of the options to someone who's maybe looking at an alternative to putting uh, money in the post office? Um, there's, there's two, uh, I guess, most popular options, and, and they being, number one is bonds, or fixed mm. interest. Bond is the same thing. Yeah. And a bond is, um, I would suggest, is a direct comparable or comparable investment to a term deposit mm. in the sense that it is a low-risk conservative strategy. Yeah. Um, so what is a bond? It's an IOU. Um, I, I, can, I can come up with different ways to describe it, but it's quite simply an IOU. Mm. So whereby you as an investor, if a company wants to raise money, it either issue, issue shares, mm. but then it loses some control of the company. Yep. It borrows money from the bank, or it issues a bond. As an IOU, as an investor, you become the bank, if you will. You lend the money. They give you a promise to repay that loan back or monies back in a certain date in the future at a agreed rate of interest. It's an IOU. Yeah. Mm. Um, we spoke... We often speak with you guys about KiwiSaver. There's low-risk KiwiSaver, there's medium-risk KiwiSaver, there's high-risk KiwiSaver, depending on uh, your appetite for for risk. Is that the same with bonds? Are there low-risk bonds, high-risk bonds, or is it all...? Very much so. Um, So whereas bonds, as as a broad brushstroke, is considered to be fairly conservative, Mm. um, within bonds, they are credit-rated. Anything from AAA down to what we call a junk bond. Mm Um, so your highly rated bonds, your AAA or AA minus rated bonds, will give you a modest rate of return, mm. but it's a very safe form of investment. So there's um, most likelihood, absolutely, you'd expect to get your money back at the yep. end of the term. A junk bond is a higher rate of return, but there's a sense of good luck with getting your money back because yep. the company may not be there in six months, 12 months, 24 months' time. Yeah. I spoke with Nick last month about blue chip shares. Is mm. that the same, blue chip bonds? 
I, I guess um, when you look at your highly rated bonds, you would consider them to be the classic blue chip type investment. Yep. If um, you're not getting much money back from a bond, why would you bother? Why wouldn't you just put the money in the bank? Yeah, and and well, at the moment, um, we've as we've discussed, the OCR's gone down. Mm. Um, you can bonds is all about going into a diversified bond portfolio. So bonds will have duration or yield to maturity or duration of um, you know, anything from typically a few months out to five, six, seven years. Mm. Okay, so ordinarily. The longer the duration, the higher the rate of interest. Not always the case, yep. but that's is a rule of thumb. And so you should be looking at going into a bond fund which is well diversified, has a number of issuers. And to give you an example, Ken, our bond fund has just over 400 issuers globally mm. um, with various um, maturity dates and um, timeframes. Um, so highly rated bonds... Uh, well diversified, a number of issuers, and then if you achieve that, expect to see a higher rate of re- return than leaving in a return deposit. And that's your expectation as an investor. Yeah. Yeah. Can you get government bonds that are government guaranteed, or absolutely? Yeah, can. yeah. You, you can receive government bonds globally. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. So we could invest in a Kiwi and our, and our Labour government uh, might put a bond for saying, okay, we want to pay for this, so you buy these bonds, you're giving us some money, and we guarantee that we're going to pay you money back. Sure, yep. Now, expect to see a government bond to be typically lower mm-hmm. rates of return because of that pretty much surety that you'll get your money back. What would it be lower than? Would it be lower than putting your money in the bank? Um, depending on the government, mm. um, it can be. Um the, the great thing about bonds, though, is along with an expected better return than money in the bank, mm. is bonds are tradable, so you can sell them on the second-hand market. So if somebody comes to Stuart Financial Group, one of our clients, and say, Glenn, I need money out of my bonds. I need $15,000 of buying a new second-hand car. Mm. That's fine. Um, John, I can sell your bonds, sell down $15,000. You'll have that money in three to four working days because there is a market on the second-hand market mm. to sell bonds to other investors. Now, the problem with turn deposits, if you're with an Australian-owned bank, you have to give, I think it's 30 or 31 days' notice, mm. and there's almost no exclusion you have to give 31 days notice. Yeah. And I can go into the reasons why. It's very much um, directed by the um, Australian Reserve Bank um, or who saw the problems during the global financial crises and, and banks overseas um, basically collapsing and mm-hmm. a run of money on the banks. Um, so for, for capital adequacy or liquidity requirements, they are requiring that if you're with an Australian-owned bank, you've got to give 31 days notice because yep. they don't want to see a run on the banks if they hit hard times. So I guess what I'm getting to here is the flexibility of a bond, absolutely we can sell them and raise money for you. Yeah. Is that uh, a buyer's market, though, when you do that? Would you expect to take a hit on those bonds? Yeah, great question. So yeah. this comes back to the interest rates. So how it, it typically works... If globally interest rates go up mm. and you wish to sell an existing bond, then you will probably see a reduced value for those bonds because as a new investor, Ken, why should I buy your bonds at 4%? Mm. We're not going to buy a bond today at 5%. So 
sure, I'll buy your bonds, Ken, but I'm going to want to see yeah. a reduction in the price. The opposite is true. If interest rates drop and you've got a bond which is um, as a higher rate of interest than you would expect to see today, then your bonds can go up in value. Yeah. So yes, bonds can fluctuate in price, but what I will say is this. Um, if you don't believe you're going to be selling bonds and you will hold them to maturity, then regardless of what they're worth on the second-hand market, you'll get your money back mm-hmm. at that agreed rate of interest, and then you reinvest and buy new bonds at the time. In that case, if I was going to buy bonds to hang on to for, let's say, I don't know, put them in the, the bottom drawer, uh, you know, to obviously check them every six months with you guys. Sure. But why would I do that with bonds? Why wouldn't I just go and buy shares where I might have uh, more potential to make more money? Absolutely. And with look, without a shadow of a doubt, long term, shares, a well-diversified share portfolio, mm. will outperform a bond portfolio. That is an expectation. Yeah. Uh, as risk and uh, reward, risk and return. Mm-hmm. So, you know, shares are more volatile. Um, they will fluctuate in value uh, more so than bonds. The share market is a lot bigger than the bond market globally as well. Um, so, yes, a higher return on shares, but you will get that volatility. Um, and so the, the share value will fluctuate more greatly. And so when you come to realise them, if you need cash out, that can work for and against you, yep. but long-term will outperform bonds. Mm-hmm. What a bond does in a, in a well-diversified portfolio, and so what I mean by that is if you're an investor with both shares and bonds, a bond will give you a steady rate of return, and it's really good if you're drawing cash down mm. every month to top up your super. You don't want to be selling bonds to top up your super, ideally. And we know that shares are more volatile, but the bond will just steady out that, you know, undulating yeah. volatility that you'll see in your in your portfolio. Is there a certain sector of the community that bonds appeal to more so than another? I mean, is grey hairs are buying bonds? Yeah, I, I guess because they're, they're pr- many of them are in drawdown stage and they require the income. So, mm. a, so the great thing about a bond, let's say you have a two year bond, and it's a set at four and a half percent interest mm. well you don't get the four and a half percent interest at the end of two years you'll get a typically a quarterly payout mm. for the bond so it's a regular income coming in and at the end of that time period you get your money back yeah so the great thing about that is you, you get a regular income stream coming in and you can use that if you want to to top up your day-to-day living expenses is there a minimum investment that you might suggest? I mean, you know, if, if someone's got a spare five grand, is it worth investing in bonds because four and a half percent a year, five grand? Yep. What could you do with five grand that would be better off than, say, buying bonds? Is, do you, would you be suggesting to people that, hey, look, if you want to make anything reasonable out of bonds, you should have 20, 50, 100, I don't know. I think you need to, well, well you, you can, you can probably say the same thing for, if you had five grand, why would you, why would you have it in a bank account earning yeah, exactly. that amount of interest? Yeah. So, so the same argument applies. Yeah. If you can better than what you get in the bank and have um, what we call liquidity, be able to withdraw the funds at fairly short notice, mm-hmm. that, that has to be a benefit to you. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Shares, equities, bonds. Yep. If you were buying, what would you be buying? Um, I think you'd be um, a divert. So I've mentioned diversification. Yes. Um, I think you should be looking, depending on your pot of money. So mm. if you look at your typical KiwiSaver um, portfolio that yep. many people will have, you will probably find you'll be in a globally 
invested or diversified between bonds and shares. Mm. Okay. Um, the fund manager will put you into, or your advisor will put you into, um, when you look at bonds, a, a range of um, maturities. So whether it's short term, a few months out to a longer term maturities, there should be a, a spread between bond maturities. And then a well diversified share portfolio. I wonder what that OCR now at 1.5, might you be suggesting to people, hey, look, okay, you might be able to get 4.5% on bonds, but now's the time to bricks and mortar. Well, bricks and mortar is, um, and that comes back to the classic, will property prices continue to go up? But also, how much hands-on do you want on your investment? Mm. Um, so with certainly with our clients, the Stuart Group, it's for the client as a hands-off. Once the money is invested... Yep. Us as the advisor will invest their funds for them and keep the client updated. Um, with property, it's a hands-on management mm. approach. Now you can you can assign someone to look sure. after their property for you, but then you got to um, pay them, and, 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 and you have to pay them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What about uh, unit trusts? Unit trusts. So typically, um, whether it's shares or bonds, you have a choice. You can go into what we call directly held stock. So what I mean by that is, in the good old, I say good old days, yes. traditionally <laughs> yes. you would go in, you buy your shares, you buy your bonds, and you used to get your old-fashioned share certificates. Mm. Okay, Nowadays it's all on online yeah. registry and the like, but same sort of thing. Or you have an option of unit trusts. So your money is pulled with other investors' monies, um, and that allows for greater diversification. Mm. And I'll give you an example. Um through Stuart Group, if you invest into our recommended unit trust, our shares, globally there's over 5,000 securities. Mm. Or trying to do that with individual stocks, trying to get 5,000 stocks, no. the cost do it. Yeah. Well, the cost alone is utterly prohibitive. Yeah. So the downside to directly held stock, lack of diversification, and cost, because every time you buy and sell, there's a cost. Mm. Now, the same is true in unit trust. There is a cost, but the cost is a lot lower than in directly held stock. Is there a bit of return on investment through uh, unit trust? Than, or is that luck of the draw? Uh, not so much luck of the draw. Um, I would say there is better diversification. Because mm. as I say, if you go into directly held stock, you almost certainly won't be as well diversified, okay? And you'll have higher costs. Um, I mean, there are some downsides to unit trust. They're not perfect. No. You can sell directly held stock much more quickly and get the money more quickly. Um, so unit trust, when we sell them, it takes three or four working days to get the money. Directly held stock, you can get it more quickly than that. Um, so that's a benefit. But aside from that, um, the benefits of unit trust outweigh yeah. directly held stock. Yeah, because you'd have to be more... Um more hands-on with directly held stock, wouldn't you? Because watching the market go up and down, whereas, like you say, with the unit trust, you're part of 5,000 different markets. Uh, yeah, yeah, or issuers. And mm. and it's professionally managed by a fund manager. Mm. It doesn't require your input as an investor, so it's more of a hands-off investment approach. Mm. Um, but it's really that diversification and low cost. So we've talked about uh, bonds, we've talked about equities mm. and shares, we've talked about unit trust. Uh, you'd be saying... All of those, uh, absolutely, I would. And one of the um, one of the coming up in July, I think it is KiwiSaver for over sixty five. So over sixty five, if you're not in KiwiSaver, you can now go into mm. KiwiSaver as a proposal. 
Um, so with the low OCR um, and lower rates of return on bank deposits, if you're over 65 and you're not in KiwiSaver, it's an opportunity you can actually go into a post-July into KiwiSaver and go into probably a conservative fund yeah. or perhaps a balanced fund. Um, so there are options now for retired persons getting into KiwiSaver. Do the government still give you their contribution if you're over 65? They don't, no. no. That's no. So that, that's your members' tax credits, yes. therefore end. But what it, what it will allow for, though, because KiwiSaver is a low-cost solution. Mm. If you want a low-cost investment solution, um, hands-off, KiwiSaver could be could be the one for there you. There go, yeah. Mm. Good on you, Glenn. Uh, just about out of time. Remind our listeners want to come and see you for some financial or insurance advice. Where uh, where is the studio group? Sure. So we're at two hundred four Kerryman Road in Hastings. And your phone number there is is zero eight hundred eight seven eight nine six one. As always, our pleasure, Glenn. Look after yourself. We'll talk to same time, same place next time. Great. Thanks, Glenn. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.